Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. Welcome to our Astros playoff preview. And if you missed it, go back and listen to our Texans versus Steelers postgame show on Sunday. We do a complete breakdown of that one with a little big picture bird's eye view as well. Joining me as co-host and regular sidekick, a fellow H-Town sports junkie and longtime journalist, Stephen Kerr. And Stephen, although I'm not a fan of 16 teams making the playoffs and this whole watered-down structure, it sure did help the Astros. Hey, they're two games (laughs) under 500. They've got the 15th best winning percentage in baseball, but they're in, baby. And they're in. And not only that, Robert, they made history. The first sub-500 team in the majors to make the playoffs. How about that? You know, the Astros are good at making history. So, (laughs) But you know what? Look, it, it's 2020 is just one of those years. It's been a crazy year to begin with. It's a crazy season. And if it weren't for the expanded playoffs, the Astros would be sitting at home watching other teams play. And as we know, strange things have been happening all year long in many other areas. So you might as well just start with a clean slate. The Astros are in the playoffs. They're zero and zero. You might as well have some optimism and you just because you never know. I was looking at the numbers right before we did this, and there is some optimism, and I'm going to get to it. But after it looked like we were getting the A's in the playoffs for the longest time, or maybe even the White Sox, turns out we drew Minnesota. They're playing afternoon games Tuesday and Wednesday, 1 p.m. and noon respectively, with the high temps in the low 60s. So that should be pretty nice if there's a game three, though the temps will be in the mid-50s in the afternoon or if it's at night what we would call winter, the five days we have a real winter in Houston, (laughs) low 30s is possible Mm. if they play a night game on Thursday. But Stephen, how do you feel about playing the Twins? It's hard to say, Robert, because the the Twins, obviously, they they are repeat AL Central champs. They're 36 and 24, so they certainly have a better record. You know, at first glance, when you look at their postseason history over the past 15 years, they've lost 16 games in a row. The only thing, the only caveat is that 13 of those losses were with the Yankees. So, you know, the the Twins probably are extremely relieved that they don't actually have the Yankees, that that maybe they can start with a clean slate in the postseason. So, you know, this series is definitely not as much in the Astros' favor just by looking at it as you might think. You know, the the Twins are going to be dangerous. I think my biggest concern is that the Astros are both literally and figuratively limping into the postseason. I know they rested their players last three games with the Rangers after they made the playoffs, but they just hadn't, they hadn't been playing well before that. So my biggest concern really is what is the state of the Astros, the, the real state of the Astros heading into this series? And if it continues along that line, you know, the, then the twins are going to make quick work of them. And it is a best of three series. You know, you got to win two games. It's, it's not a best of five. It's not a best of seven. So I guess in, in some ways it can be in the Astros favor because Anything can happen in a three-game series. So there is a note of optimism there. Isn't the big positive, though, that the A's have been kicking the crap out of the Astros the whole season and they don't have to face the A's, which is who we thought they were going to have to face? Yeah, that is, that is a good thing for the Astros, for sure. You know, the other downside, though, is the Astros just haven't played well against top-level teams, period, this season. You don't get those in the playoffs, though. You don't get those low-level teams in the playoffs. <laughs> no, you don't. So that is the big concern. But it is the Twins, and... You just never know. And I mean, that's 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 where I I'm just looking at the unknown factor that could be in the Astros favor heading into the series. Okay, before we get into the nitty gritty for the twin series, 
I want to ask you who your Astros MVP is because the season just ended. Springer actually led the Astros in OPS and home runs with a big finish towards the end. Brantley's been incredibly consistent. You got Maldonado, who leads all of baseball in innings as a catcher. He's been clutch at the plate, done a great job with this young pitching staff. You got Kyle Tucker with his power. Or is there somebody off the board? Who do you like? Astros MVP. I mean, if it was the most improved player, Kyle Tucker would win it hands down. But I've got to say Kyle Tucker has really been, you know, when when we kept thinking he wasn't going to figure it out, he really figured it out. It is it is difficult. I'd, I'd have to say it would have to be between him and Springer because Springer did finally get it together. But, you know, Springer hasn't had the kind of consistent season that Kyle Tucker has really put together. So I'm going to go with Tucker. It, it's kind of a long shot, really. You, you could pick any number of guys. It's hard hard to pass up Maldonado just, you know, with a surprise season that he's had this year, you know, with like with the RBIs. I mean, gosh, I would have thought he would have as many RBIs. He's among the team leaders, but I'm going to go with Tucker as my pick. You know, I'd even put Fromber in consideration. He was the glue who held the starting pitching together. Yeah. He was the best and most consistent pitcher on the staff. He saved the bullpen because he got you at least – into the seventh and eight of his 10 starts, which was a big deal this year. He also had that relief appearance early in the season where he went six and a third. Uh, normally I'm not big into giving it to a starter, but none of the other Astros appear to be obvious choices. If you make me pick a regular though, Steven, I'm going to go with Brantley just based on his consistency. I mean, Springer racked up his numbers late in the year and Tucker was just wildly inconsistent. Yeah. Hard to argue with that. Uh, with either Brantley or, you know, if you wanted kind of the, out of range pick with Fromber uh, because he has certainly been lived up to the expectations that we kept waiting and waiting and waiting for for the last several years. Yeah, Chandler Rome with a really good piece on Fromber. Check it out if you haven't about you know how everything has changed for him this year. And there was a number of interesting points, but the biggest was that he had visited a psychologist in the Dominican Republic during the off season. His body language on the mound and towards his teammates has changed because of it. Innings no longer spiral out of control. Uh, Valdez can step off the mound, collect himself, continue pitching, you know, all of those things during difficult parts of his outings. And and Martin Maldonado said, it seems like he cares more this year than last year. He's not letting stuff get into his head. I mean, just thought that was really fascinating. Just, you know, how he's changed so much. And, and you, we kind of talk about, you know, just the numbers for him. But if you look at how he looks on the field, Stephen, it's a, it's a night and day difference. Well, and we've talked, as most baseball fans know, Pitching is so much from the mental side. You can have the greatest stuff in the world, and people talk all the time about how great Framber Valdez's stuff is, but if you don't have command of those pitches, and if, if you let yourself get into a situation where mentally you lose confidence, you lose focus, the greatest stuff in the world isn't going to save you. And that's what we kept waiting for Framber Valdez to figure it out, is between the ears. I, I mean, it, and it's been... It's it's honestly, Robert, been a transformation. I mean, that's the best word you can use. Framber Valdez has mentally transformed himself into the kind of pitcher that everybody thought he could be. And the only, the only thing that you're waiting for now is that can he do it over a stretch of several seasons, not just this one. But he has certainly put it together in between the ears, as we like to say, as well as continuing to have great stuff. I mean, you look at just how much fewer walks he's given up you couldn't go into a game with Framber Valdez pitching last season, the season before, without him piling up the walks, and that's what gets you in trouble. Most pitchers, that's what's going to get you into trouble more than anything else. You want that lead batter, or you give up a walk at the worst possible time, it will come back to bite you. 
No word yet on the Game 2 starter, right? As you and I are recording this, we still don't know who the Game 2 starter for the Astros is going to be? As we are recording this, no. So, you know, that the roster is still to be determined. So, you know, that's a big question mark. I know we'll, we'll get to that later, but uh, I know who I would pencil in as my starter now that we know who the matchup is. Okay, last week you and I talked about who we thought our playoff starting pitcher should be. So Dusty's pretty much set up his rotation. Now, you know, I'm, I'm going to grant it that Dusty didn't know what the matchup was going to be in the playoffs, but this is worst case scenario for me and, and a number of different angles. I'm going to go on this, but Granke is pitching game one. McCullers is pitching game three. That that apparently has already been decided. I, I haven't heard any variation from That's that after, after the Sunday game. So if you look at the numbers this year, which I wonder if Dusty ever does, but uh, the starting pitchers numbers in order uh, from best ERA are Urquidy, Fromber, McCullers, and Granke. So your back two guys are your worst in ERA. If you look at their whip numbers, it's the same. You just flip McCullers and Granke around. So basically, Urquidy and Framber are your best two starters, point blank, this year. Yet only one of them gets a playoff start. And McCullers, who has a history of control problems and short outings, gets a playoff start if we get to a deciding game three instead of either Urquidy, who was nails in the postseason last year, or Fromber, who was your most consistent starter this year, it's McCullers. And then this is the really frustrating part, uh, Stephen, because now we're playing the Twins. Granke's numbers against the Twins are bad. In 24 games over the course of his career, 20 starts, his ERA, 4.64. His whip is 1.438. McCullers' ERA, it's worse, 6.48 with a whip of 1.56. Ugh. Yeah, I know. The the numbers don't look good in that situation. I, I can only guess that Dusty is just wanting experience in the in the postseason. I mean, that, that's the only thing I can guess. I, I guess the positive is, is that if, if one of these guys gets in trouble early, you've got an Urquidy coming out of the bullpen. If you don't start Fromber, you've got him coming out of the bullpen to, to save you. And you've got Christian Javier in the bullpen. And, of course, he has no playoff experience. But, I, I mean, I can only guess that that's what Dusty's looking at. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, we, we know he's not a numbers guy. I mean, we, we knew that when he took over as manager of the Astros. That's one of the first criticisms that he had. And just the way he handles his pitching staff has been the other thing. So, you know, you put those two things together, and it doesn't breed a lot of confidence if you're, if you're starting Grinky in game one instead of, say, Urquidy or Framber Valdez. Okay, now I'm going to flip it around, and I'll give you the positive. I'll take it from the other side. And I looked at the Twins' projected starters and how they've looked against the Astros in their career, and this should get people excited. Because if you look at the numbers, Kenta Maeda, he is supposed to start (laughs) game one. One career start versus the Astros with an 8.44 ERA. Not good. Jose Barrios has five games with a 6.43 ERA. He's projected to start in game two. And then there's Michael Pineda, nine games, with a 5.06 ERA. And then this is the really good news, Stephen, because I was like, oh, they got Rich Hill. Oh, no, Astros killer, noted Astros killer. But he pitched for the Twins yesterday, Sunday, which is a big deal because uh, look at his numbers against the Astros. Ten games against the Astros. 2.68 2.68 ERA. Uh, this is a big help for the Astros because they're not going to face him, at least in a starting role, probably, unless, they, unless they're bringing him back on 
you know, three games rest and on Thursday at potential game three. Well, that's right. And, you know, as far as Kenta Maeda, the Astros certainly remember him in 2017. He was with the Dodgers. And of course, he came over in February in a trade to the Twins. You know, this season, he has a 270 ERA, six and one. Uh, he has a 0.75 whip. So he, he led the majors in that. But yeah, the history against the Astros, you'd kind of like it to be a repeat. Um, Jose Barrios is pitching game two. He's got a four ERA, 132 whip. Uh, he lost three of his first four starts before he, he had a winning streak of four in a row, but he got lit up over the weekend against the Reds. So, you know, the the Twins pitching is not the, the most solid in the world either. And as you, as you pointed out, you know, with uh, Rich Hill, he might come out of the bullpen. You know, since, since it's a three-game series, he could possibly come out of the bullpen. But as far as being a starter, yeah, you're probably not going to see him in this series. And and one thing of note, Robert, is, and I think this is throughout the entire postseason, until they get to the World Series, there will be no off days during series. You're going to have, if, if a game three is necessary in this series, it's going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So that's going to that's going to matter when you're talking about pitching matchups and going into your bullpen and things like that. All right. You and I are going to get to the Astros bullpen in just a second, because we got a lot to say about that. But let me go back to my anger at Dusty and Steven, when he is going to fill out a lineup based on the numbers uh, or if he ever fills out a lineup based on the numbers, it would be a first because it seems like he bases his lineup on the name on the back of the uniform, the top three hitters this year, Springer, Tucker, and Brantley. They should be batting one, two, and three. Bregman appears to be coming around. I'd put him in the fourth spot. I'm sorry as far as Jose Altuve is concerned, but until you start consistently showing you can get hits, I'm moving you down to the five spot in the lineup. This should have happened not only long ago, but he should have been like back of the lineup for a long time. He did it once, and then it was like, oh, but... You know, Altuve's for it. And then it was like, oh, okay, let's move him back up, even though he showed no signs of getting out of the slump. Yeah, Altuve's hit 250 with an 858 OPS in the last week. But, Stephen, a lot of that was against a Rangers team that wasn't playing for anything. They had their bags packed. And, and same with the Mariners. Yeah, at least, I, I mean, I'm hoping that Jose Altuve has, has finally gained his confidence back just in time for the postseason. And we all know, you know, the, the postseason experience does mean a lot. So, I, you know... But until he starts proving that, yeah, I've, you've got to have Tucker in the top three or four. And Brantley, your most consistent hitter, I, I definitely would put him in the in the cleanup spot. So, yeah, the, I mean, the lineup is, is is certainly, while it has struggled, you know, Correa it started off the season pretty well, then kind of had a lower bit. So, I don't know, the Astros lineup has been a real mystery this year, which makes it a little more difficult to figure out going into the postseason. Yeah, Correa he had a great two or three weeks to start the season, but he has 14 extra base hits and over 200 bats this year. He's not been that good. I mean, if you look at right. his offense, it's not good. Defensively, he's fantastic. Yeah, defense is where he has really shown this year. Yeah, and Dusty Baker, I mean, not just him rolling out lineups, looking at the back of the uniform. That's not my only problem. He rolls out lineups like it's 1975. Miles Straw was leading off a game. who was the worst hitter on the team outside of Jack Mayfield or Abraham Toro. He was batting Kyle Tucker in the sixth spot in, in one game. It's a total joke. Yeah, it's, it's a head scratcher. I, I just I don't know if he just goes on hunches. I, I mean, Dusty's the only one, I guess, that 
knows what he's looking for when he fills out a lineup card. And, you know, if, if the Astros were in the Twins position, or better yet, in the Dodgers position, who won 43 games, you know, you, you it'd, it'd be hard to criticize him. But they were sub-500 for the season, and, you know, yeah, they still made the postseason, but in a normal year, they would be sitting at home. So it's a little easier to poke holes in Dusty's lineup than it would be if you were the Twins or the Dodgers or the A's. Yeah, the Astros have stunk. I mean, basically, offensively, most of the season. And 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 here are some numbers against the Twins for the Astros vets. So maybe there's hope or wish or prayer for some slumping hitters. But, I mean... <laughs> Might as well put all three in this gap. Yeah, this is, this is what you got. I mean, and this is good. A lot of this is good. Altuve, career versus the Twins. If he can somehow see a Twins uniform and light up, he's hit 362 with a 934 OPS. Correa, 359 with a 1088 OPS. Bregman, 326 with a 1134 OPS. Springer, 325 with a 1034 OPS. Now, Springer's been playing great, uh, especially the last few weeks, so not worried about him. He lights up when the postseason comes along anyways, but Yuli, uh, I don't know if this is going to help his confidence. He's been struggling, and he's hitting 200 with a 639 OPS, so that's not good, but Brantley... Does Brantley stuff against the Twins, 291, 752 OPS. Maldonado, 305 with a six, or excuse me, a 765 OPS. And then Josh Reddick does Josh Reddick stuff, 237, 693 OPS. But a lot of that's good for the slumping Astros. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if even if most of those guys really get it together, then you can afford to have a couple, you know, say uh, Josh Reddick, Yuli Gurriel, that that if they struggle, the, the rest of the guys can pick you up. I, I still think the Astros have a chance. So that's the one thing that I, I, I think the one positive thing you can look to heading into the postseason. Steven, the other thing that the Astros have done prior to this year has been clutch, clutch hitting. That's what they were good at. And the Twins, very good with runners in scoring position this year. They're slashing 280, 377, 456 for a 833 OPS. The Astros, that's been a problem. 251, 336, 407, 746 OPS. Now, if you look at it major league wide, not too bad, but this is not the Astros of the last few years. No, it definitely isn't. In the last several weeks, you know, especially with all the offensive woes they've had in the past couple three weeks, that's been a lot of it is is hitting with two outs and hitting with runners in scoring position. It just haven't hasn't been there. So that's where I think the Twins have the Astros in uh, an edge, is that they have been able to do that consistently most of the season. But for the Astros, you know, that's what really made them in the postseason in 2017, is getting those clutch hits, you know, and even in 2019 when they got back to the World Series. But this year, it has definitely been a problem, and especially in the last two or three weeks. Stephen, I'd like to get your thoughts on the Astros' bullpen, because that's the biggest question mark at least from a pitching perspective. And it looks like their best bullpen pitcher is now either Urquidy or Fromber. But I'd like to find out who you trust the most to who you trust the least from the rest of the guys. Urquidy and Fromber, of course, you know, they're, they're going to be good coming out of the bullpen, I think. And I think you're going to be able to trust them. But, you know, Christian Javier, he's now in the mix. So you can include him, Stephen, with Presley, Paredes, Blake Taylor, Brooks Raley, Andre Scrub, Josh James, uh, Luis Garcia, et cetera. Give me your top five in order. 
Well, I'd say in order, you know, beyond Urquidy, uh, Javier certainly is in there. I, I would say Paredes and then Taylor and Rayleigh and Scrub. I've, I've lost count how many I have now. I, I'll be honest, Presley as a closer just does not impress me. I, I mean, it, it just, he hasn't gotten the job done. I know it's not a role that he was customarily in. He was more, you know, your, your setup guy, your late inning guy last year, but he's been thrown necessarily into that role. But I just, I don't have confidence in Ryan Presley as a closer. The problem is, who else do you put in there? You know, do you, do you put, you know, Brooks Raley has done a little bit of that and has been somewhat effective, but man, it, 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 there's just so much unknown with a bullpen when you've got a lot of young guys and then you've got some guys that are kind of out of position, so to speak, like Presley in the closer's role. But that's that's probably where I would go uh, at this point if you're heading into the top five with uh, the bullpen. All right, I'm going to give you my top five. I'll give you an order here, like one through five. And believe it or not, I think it's going to shock people because the number one for me is I trust Brooks Raley the most. Look at his numbers. Uh, 0.75 whip. Uh, the league is batting only 143 against him. That's the number one. That's the number one uh, on the entire Astros uh, roster, uh, bullpen, starters, whatever. His ERA is in the high threes, but skewed because of a bad outing or two early. And I, I don't want him coming into a situation where he needs a strikeout, but he's pitching great, Steven, and he's actually uh, a veteran out of the bullpen, which the Astros don't have much of. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, and he's a lefty, and you know, you've got the two lefties in the bullpen, so that's that's even better. So uh he he's definitely I mean, here's a guy that he pitched in the korean baseball organization before coming to the astros he pitched several years there what was it 2013 2014 that he's been in the majors so it's been amazing what he's been able to do with the astros that have definitely you know the the pitcher whisperer obviously whispered in his ear so he, he's another guy that another success story that you can say that the astros have have turned him around at least this season all right, I guess I'm going to put Presley at number two. I only say him because, you know, he's a veteran with electric stuff. I mean, come on. He's got the most talent on the Astros. <laughs> I think it's the whole – I guess, yeah. He's got the most talent out of, the, out of the Astros bullpen of the guys that are regular bullpen guys. Yes, I agree with you, Steven. Scares me to death as a closer with the way he's pitched there. Hasn't looked reliable in that role, but, I mean, this is where we are with the Astros at this point. Christian Javier, I'll go with him, number three, electric stuff on the staff. Um, most electric stuff on the staff, I would say, uh, on the entire, maybe the entire Astros pitching yeah, staff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you need that in the playoffs. And so that for that, I'll put him at number three. If you, if you got to get out of a jam, th these are my number four guys. These are four because these are uh, guys on base. You know, what, what are we going to do? Okay, you got Andre Scrub. And Anoli Paredes. I'm going to tie them at number four. They've got strikeout capability. They've escaped hearing situations all year long, Stephen. Yeah, that is a close call. I mean, Scrub seems to do better when he has runners on base. If you put him in a game where the Astros are several runs ahead or there's nobody on base, it, it's odd. That's when he seems to struggle. So, yeah, it'd be kind of neck and neck. And, and Paredes, hard throwing, got, got great stuff as well. You know, he could come through with people on base. I, I mean, it'd be barely breaking the tie but i'd probably go with scrub in that situation when you really need an out and you got runners on base if you had those two to go to i'd probably go with scrub but Paredes would not be far behind him at all 
Okay, so that that's basically five guys because I tied two guys at four. But if you were going to go with a fifth guy, you know, you mentioned Brandon Taylor. Yeah, Josh James is, you know, there and he's pitched good since he's been back. But frankly, my next guy, this is a total wild card, but Luis Garcia, he showed me something. Yeah. He's only given up five walks in 12 innings. His whip is 0.97 and the league is hitting just 167 against him. You know, that's only behind Brooks Rayleigh in that category on the Astros. He's pitched on Sunday. So I guess Dusty has no confidence in him, which actually makes me have more confidence in him, Steve. <laughs> well, and here's the thing about Garcia. Now, I don't know, since he did pitch Sunday, maybe not so much the case in this series, but he is definitely on my playoff roster. I have him on my roster as far as the bullpen is concerned. And and the other thing is that he can go long relief if he need. He's been a starter, so he's got that mentality and he's got – you know, the, the arm stretched out enough where he could do that if you needed him to, certainly not in the next couple of days. But, oh, yeah, he is definitely on my playoff roster. He, he's been very impressive. Yeah, and if you think James Click is like, hey, we got it all con under control in the bullpen, I heard him on the radio this weekend, and he said, yeah, we're going to be looking for veteran guys in the bullpen. He, he's got to figure out what he's going to do with starting pitchers next year without Verlander. But, frankly, you know, the bullpen to me – that's the bigger issue moving forward for the Astros. I mean, you need guys that maybe have a little bit of veteran experience that you can throw into the mix next year with the Astros starters. I mean, talking about their starting pitching, but I mean, if I'm looking at it, Steven, I'm pretty happy with his starting pitching going forward. If, you know, Christian Javier is your number five guy. I mean, that's good starting pitching staff. If you could stay healthy, really, you need the depth, though. That's the big you need guys like a Brad Peacock in case something happens. You know, in spring training, guys get banged up. I mean, you know how it is starting pitching staffs. You're, you're going to end up pitching seven or eight guys through the course of a season at least. Oh, absolutely. And, and even more important this season, just with all the injuries, not just with the Astros, but across baseball. I mean, you look at almost every team has suffered in that regard to injuries just with the pitching staff, you know, and you're talking about guys like uh, Brad Peacock, Justin Verlander, you know, those guys probably aren't going to be back with the Astros at all. So, you know, you, you've got to go out and find some of those people. But as we know, Robert, the importance of the bullpen in the postseason is just it, it's it's unparalleled. Yes, obviously, you've got to have strong starters, but they're probably not going to go seven, eight deep all the time. You've got to have a bullpen that can bail you out. And that is just the, the biggest unknown with the Astros. A lot with with a lot of these young guys, yeah, they performed well in the regular season, but this is the postseason. This is where it really counts. So what is the mentality going to be with a lot of these guys coming in, especially when they're coming in out of the bullpen, and you've got runners on base or you're trailing by one or two runs? How are they going to perform? I mean, that to me is one of the biggest question marks the Astros have. Yeah, and going forward in the next year, I mean, we, we can't forget Osuna, Joe Smith, potentially they're coming back, Austin Pruitt. You've got some guys – that are veterans. So I don't know how super concerned he should be about the bullpen unless some of those guys just don't come back. And Brooks Raley, that's got to be a priority now. Let's get him signed for next year because he's looked really good. I mean, he was a starter for most of his Major League Baseball career before this year when he was back in Major League Baseball like seven years ago. So, you know, this is somebody that had that kind of an arm and maybe this is where he's belonged the whole time in Major Leagues. But uh, I look at the bullpen next year and 
it, it's not as bad as you think moving forward. But uh, I want to ask you, Stephen, also anything about the playoff makeup, how the roster is, because I think they're going to be carrying 28 guys. And so it, it's a, it's more than usual. Um, you've got COVID stuff going on, whatever. Is there anything that you're looking as far as playoff makeup with the, with the, you know, playoffs coming at us in, 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 in the next few days? Well, here's one factor that I was thinking about, you know, especially when, when it comes to kind of the quote unquote bottom rung guys, I, I actually had Garrett Stubbs on this particular series roster simply because, you know, first of all, Martin Maldonado, you know, he had that problem on Saturday where he got his spikes caught in the dirt. He, he is expected to go on Tuesday, but you kind of worry about, you know, but what his health situation is going to be through the postseason and being able to catch a lot. Yes, you do have Dustin Garneau, but Garrett Stubbs has a better throwing arm than Garneau. But not only does Garrett Stubbs provide you catching depth, yeah, he's, he's not what you'd call a position player. He might be able to play the outfield, might be able to play first base, but he does offer you some pinch running options along with Miles Straw. So I had him on there. How about the fact that he can put down a butt in a and playoff game? And he can game? put down, yeah. And, and, you know, in a close game where you need a guy, you need a catcher that can throw out a runner in the late innings, you can lay down a bunt, get on base. You know, I, I put him over Toro. I don't have Toro on this roster for that very reason. Well, those very reasons is that not only is he a, a pinch running option, but he is another catching option, especially if Martin, you know, his health fails and you need to take him out or you just need to take him out in the late innings. And, you know, you've got a running team going on or something where you've got to have Garrett Stubbs. I just I like Stubbs arm better than Garneau's. Not a whole lot more on this series, but we can wrap it up in a little bit. I, I did want to ask you, did you see Hunter Pence retire this week? I did see that. I was, yeah, it just, it's amazing. It, it seems like Hunter Pence has been around forever, but yeah, started his career with the Astros. And I, you know what I really loved about Hunter Pence, his enthusiasm for the game, you know, and obviously when you're a young guy coming into the majors, you, you've got that, but Hunter Pence just had that extra spark that you love to see in a player. He hustled. He loved playing the game. Oh, and he did have a role on Fuller House. Uh, you know, that, that was kind of fun to watch, too. <laughs> it's, it uh, had kind of a cool role there, one, one episode role. Uh, but, yeah, Hunter Pence, great guy, and uh, did some great things with the Astros. Too bad he didn't end his career with the Astros, didn't play with them all the way through. But sad to see a, a great guy like Hunter Pence lead the game. Yeah, I think he was a fan favorite when he was here, and he was somebody that that I loved in a really down era for the Astros. And I was thinking about this, Stephen. He might have been the only decent Astros prospect between 2005 and 2010, unless I'm missing something. Well, yeah, there there wasn't too much to cheer about, period, during that period. After the World Series, it was like the Astros just fell off the face of the earth. But Hunter Pence was, yeah, definitely a bright spot. He he was the guy. when he, When he was the... Carlos Correa, you know, the Alex Bregman, the guy, you know, the, when, when they called him up, everybody was waiting for him to be called up. When are they going to call up Hunter Pence? When are they going to bring Hunter Pence into the mix? When they finally did, yeah, it's, it's like he injected a, a shot of energy into the team, at least for the short term. Right. And, you know, it's it, it's too bad that he couldn't have stayed with the Astros longer, Um but I mean, he he got a couple World Series championships. So that's that's a nice thing. Couple rings for him, 
and just proud of the way he conducted himself his whole career. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up was if anybody missed it, happy news and sad news this week for the Astros. Congrats to friend of the show, Julia Morales and her husband. Julia gave birth to Valerie Rose Clark this week, her first wow, child. That's right. And I know all Astros fans love Julia. We wish her the best with that. Who doesn't love Julia? Absolutely. Yeah, the, the sad news, the bad news for the Astros. Coach Gary Pettis, diagnosed with multiple myeloma, if you haven't heard, and he's done for the year. I, I'm not incredibly familiar with this illness, Stephen, so I had to look up the information on Wikipedia, and it's it's bad. It's worse than most cancers, according to Wiki. With current treatments, survival is usually four to five years. It's treatable, but it doesn't go away. Life expectancy, according to Wikipedia, is about six years. Yeah, it's, it is it is sad. And, and as a person who has dealt with cancer, not directly, but you know, a number of family members and, and that, Robert, I just, you know, you just, you, all you can do is pray and, and hope for the best, you know, no matter what the odds are. People have beaten the odds before. So you just you have to hope for the best for Gary Pettis that he can fight this thing, battle it, and and just you know he is done for the season, uh, and that's a shame. But you just have to hope for the best for him that that he can come back. And it's been a, a strange year for Astros base coaches, just because you know kind of flipping the coin here a little bit with Alex Centrone serving the suspension. Now you've lost Gary Pettis, so and it's been a strange year in a lot of ways. But even the Astros base coaches. <laughs> You've had had to have some revolving turnover because of that, but yeah, all the best to Gary Pettis. He's somebody that you get the you got the feeling he was universally loved. I never heard a bad word about Gary Pettis, and he was somebody that was able to survive the scandal of of, of the coaching staff. You know, losing AJ Hinch, and obviously Brad Strom survived, which, which right. you know for obvious reasons. But Gary Pettis is, was still around. Some other guys didn't survive it, but Gary Pettis definitely. Uh, stuck around this year, and I, I think for a very good reason. Yeah, absolutely. I, everything I've heard about Gary Pettis is, has certainly been above board. Uh, so the fact that he did survive, you know, that that I think speaks to the testament, especially when you have new management coming in, like James Click. It, it speaks, I think, to the testament of the kind of guy that Gary Pettis was, that perhaps he, he wasn't involved at all in that whole situation. Final thoughts on this series. Uh, who do you like? Uh, what do you think? How do you feel about it going into it? Well, I'm not going to lie to you, Robert. I, I just I, I don't feel confident about the Astros heading into this series. Um, you know, as I said earlier, the only optimism I have is that it is a best of three, not a best of five or seven. I think the longer it goes on, you know, the the more favored it is of the Twins. So I'm just I'm I'm hoping for the anything can happen factor. But beyond that, I have to I'm I'm picking the Twins in three. I, I just I feel like the Astros offense, while it's yeah, it's so you know, a little bit of signs of life here and there. I, I just don't have a lot of confidence in it. And there's just so much unknown with the pitching. You know, even the starting pitch, especially with Grinky. You just you never know what you're gonna get. And that first game to me is really gonna be the key. If the Astros can go up one game to none, then they obviously have inched their way toward all they have to do is win one more. But if they get behind 0-1, you know, in Minnesota. It's just going to be awfully, awfully tough for them to come back. So I'm picking the Twins in three, unfortunately. Yeah, here's the deal. I, I was really down on this because of the starting pitching, and I'm still down on it. And I still think the Astros lose because I, I do not like Lance McCullers going in game three. 
Uh, I do not like what I've seen from Granky recently. He's not somebody I have a great deal of confidence in. Um, it, it is heartening to see that, oh, the Astros have done well against these starting pitchers. It's good to see that they've done well against the Twins over the course of their history. But I, I'm so concerned about the starting pitching because the guys that I had the most confidence in all year were Fromber and Urquidy. And th- those were the guys that I wanted to see pitch in the playoffs. And I did not want to see Lance McCullers pitch in the playoffs. And the fact that he's going in what could be a deciding game three scares me to death. So, yeah, I think the Astros will lose unless, you know, Granke and McCullers surprise me. I'm I'm not freaking out about the bullpen. I think they could, you know, do some good things. I don't think it's as bad as it, as it was during the regular season because you have guys like Javier or, you know, either Urquidy or Fromber coming out of the bullpen. Brooks Raley has looked better. You know, I, I, I would say I've seen signs of life from the lineup, Stephen. And, and that's maybe the one thing that showers me with a little bit of hope. It's like, well, you know, Altuve at least has got some confidence, even though I, it's against the Rangers and Bregman, you know, hit a home run in the, in the Rangers series and, and had a couple of really great at bats, uh, some, you know, extra base hits as well. And, and Correa had a home run. So, you know, maybe that'll get these guys going, but man, it's just like, you just, it's not something that you can just turn the key and let's go. You know, that's the problem in, in sports. You just can't like, oh, we've been bad all year. Let's get it going right now. No, you absolutely cannot. And and that's really where it is for me, Robert, is that we just have to hope the surprise element kicks in. I mean, the one thing about McCullers, he has pitched better of late after coming off the injured list. He, he has pitched somewhat better, but he's definitely pitched better at Minute Maid Park than he has on the road. And unfortunately for him and the Astros, you're not going to play any games at Minute Maid Park. So if he's going to do it, he's going to have to do it on the road and just have to hope that he can continue that momentum. But, yeah, there are just a lot of unknowns and just a lot of really gaping holes in this Astros team, which is obviously one of the reasons that they're a sub-500 team. And if not for the expanded playoff system, as we said, they wouldn't even be here. So all we can do is, you know, I I hope we're both wrong, Robert. I, I hope the Astros will win this series and we can keep doing these post-game podcasts, which we're going to do uh, in this series. So. We just have to keep hoping that they will surprise us and we'll just keep doing it as, as far as they'll take us in the postseason. Yeah, and it's going to be a little tricky because I'm, I'm back to working more. Uh, the postgame for tomorrow's uh, show is going to be later than maybe normal, but we're going to get it done by tomorrow evening uh, at some point, hopefully. And then uh, Wednesday should be good for me. I don't know about you, Stephen. Are you good on Wednesday? I should be. So, yeah, we're, we're both working odd schedules, but we'll we'll get it in. You know, it's an important time of the year, regardless of what it may look like. You know, they are in the postseason, so they're they're starting with a clean slate. So we, we'll just see what happens. But we'll certainly be keeping you up to date with postgame podcasts as, as often as we possibly can. One more time, I want to remind everybody that Texans postgame show. Go back and check it out if you didn't listen to it uh, before this one. Uh, Before we close things out, as always, we want to remind you, we need your feedback. Uh, Let us know what you think. If you got any questions or anything you want us to discuss, message us through Twitter, Facebook, email info at HoustonSportsTalk.net. Stay healthy and safe, everybody. Go Strohs! You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. 
You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.